Welcome to Modern Investing Podcast, where we are talking all things investing. And I'm your host, Josh Giordani. All the links will be for our social in the description. And I hope you consider subscribing if you enjoyed this. Today, I have Ivan Casades. Yeah, that right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I love it, man. Cool. <laughs> uh, Southern California native, born and raised in Escondido, and yes, runs man. a team here in Escondido, but also covers Inland Empire. In 2021, they did 122 sides, which is awesome. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate uh, appreciate the intro and uh, excited to get into this, man. Cool, man. What inspired you to get into, into real estate? Real estate. So I got into real estate. Um, so it's so funny that you say that because I got into real estate when I was in high school. So my dad and I went to like a Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar. No way. Yeah, we went to a Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar and right away, like my dad's like, all right, I'm gonna be the investor and you're gonna be the real estate agent. We're gonna crush it. And we're like, let's do it, right? And so it's one of those things where you go to these seminar, seminars and they're like, hoorah, like you're gonna make money, it's right. easy. And it's like, yeah. you're, and you're, you're a kid and you're soaking it up, which is amazing, right? It really opened up my eyes to be like, wow, like real estate investing, you mm -hmm. know? And, and so we went, we went and did that, graduated high school, did other other ventures, other businesses, and then kind of came back to the idea of like, you know what, I thought I wanted to be a real estate agent in high mm -hmm. school. Maybe I want to be a real estate agent. So I reached out to a, a friend who was a mentor at that time and like, hey, I, I want to do real estate. What do you think? And he's mm -hmm. like, dude, I think you'd be good at it. Whether or not he was right or like he really meant it, that's all I needed. Right. right? I just needed someone to believe in me. And so got my license and then from there, um, got into the real estate space, right? So I was working with uh, with my broker at that time. And I've always been like uh, self-motivated. And, and at that time, I was doing another business venture. But I was like, hey, like I could, I used to do like printing and graphics, right? Oh, cool. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so you name it, I would print it, right? Uh -huh. So I would like do t-shirts, screen printing, banners, like I would, you name it, I would print it. Dude, that's kind of like the younger like what I wanted to do when I was younger no too, way. like coming out of high school. It's just funny that you say that because I feel like that our generation is very much like yeah. creating t-shirts or brands right. or like that kind of stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Know? Well, I think it's, I think when you're younger, you're like, everyone's goal is like, I want to have my own clothing line. Or, yep. Right. Yep. Like if you're, if you're into like racing, if you're into skateboarding, yep. dirt bike riding, you're like, you know, you're like, yep. oh, I'd love to have my own skateboarding line. Yep. And so that's kind of how I got into it. Cause I was like into motocross and like the action, you know, action sports. And I was like, be proud to have my own clothing line. Mm -hmm. So I did it and it was fun and it was great, but it was one of those things where it's like, I could, I can make $10 on a t-shirt right. or I can make 10 grand on a sell of a home. So it was a very easy transition transition. And, and, could, and at the same time I was like, I just met my wife and I was like, dang, how am I going to like afford the married life? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you got licensed in 2012. Yeah. Right. Well, how old were you? Yeah. I was, was at 24. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I think, I was just before you. Okay. I think I got my license in 2011, 2010. Okay. So yeah, yeah just before you, because I'm 34. So I okay. think I was like 22, 23 yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. man. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty wild because getting into to real estate, it's one of those things you don't know. You don't know anything. You no. just You just think like you see these shows and yeah. you're like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, yeah. drive a Range Rover and yeah. think it's yeah. going to be amazing, yeah. you know, and it's like, there's a struggle. There's, there's a, there's that period where you're having to figure things out yeah. get your business going. And so, and during that time period, we were coming out of a recession too. So it was oh, yeah. kind of a different way of like getting business back then. Craigslist ads worked, Craigslist, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that was right when like Zillow was really like getting pushed yeah. out hard. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting time. That's funny that you mentioned that because I remember doing that, like putting my business card and I'd get calls and I'm like, 
Now it's like saturated. Like, no, no way. No, no that's way. not going to work. Dude, I closed <laughs> two deals from Craigslist. No way. I swear. What? So back, because when I got started in real estate, it was with my dad. He was uh-huh. in Palm Desert at the time. Okay. And so I was putting in ads for his REOs that he was getting. Yeah. And dude, I would get calls from Craigslist. No way. And there was times where I double-ended two of his listings wow. from a Craigslist ad. And I was like, I can't believe that this stuff actually works. People would actually look on Craigslist yeah, to buy a house. To buy a house. Like nowadays, like I don't even think I go on Craigslist. Like it's right? like Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> maybe. Dude, Facebook Marketplace is where it's at now, man. I like it's like the new Craigslist. That's funny that you that yeah, you mentioned that. It's it's interesting. I'm addicted to Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> All right, I look every day. <laughs> yeah, a different for shit. things that I don't need. Yeah, right? me, me too. <laughs> so talk to me about what uh, your real estate investing portfolio. I know um, the last couple of years you've been doing yeah. some flips here and there, and then yeah. I know you had your Airbnb and yeah, your rental portfolio stuff. Yeah, dude. So so. You know, what I did when I got into real estate, when I first got into real estate, we were doing a lot of flips. And when I say we, I was working with an investor, mm-hmm. right? And these, and these investors that I would be working with, this was the time where we would find properties, mm-hmm. you know, still for low 200000 And we were, you know, we were selling them for 400000 And it was just crazy. It was a different market, right? right. And the, the, the margins were a lot different. And yeah. I remember helping them and I'm like, man, I'm making these guys a lot of money mm-hmm. and I'm making a commission, which is great. Like I, you, right. you'll have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And I was fine with that. But it was one of those things where as we did that and it was growing and, and that was a little side of my my business, I was just looking more for the resale, right? I was in the, right. in the business of resale. And so like you said, like last year we did 122 units. That's my main bread and butter. Sure. And, and as I've been evolving, as I've been growing, I'm like, man, I need to, I've been adding, uh, a rental a year. That's kind mm-hmm. of my goal. It's like adding nice. a rental a year. That's a good goal. And, um, and I started with property management. So before I got into sales, I got my real estate license. I did property management for like, oh, I, I didn't yeah. Know that. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I did property management for like two, three years. Mm-hmm. And that was great because it really taught me how to like do the the leases, the how to work stuff. with the back end yeah. stuff, how to work with tenants, the pre-screening. Yeah. Like, so it was all that stuff that I realized, like, I don't want to be a property manager, mm-hmm. but this is great. It's a great business. It's very profitable. And so as I got in transition to real estate sales, you know, last year was the first year that I did my own flip on my own, right? I've always done it with partners and investors. It was like the first time I had done my own. Um, And it was also, last year was also, yeah, last year was the first year that I bought our first Airbnb because I've been in the space of residential rentals. Right. So I own right now eight doors. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, all right, let's try this Airbnb thing. Right. And the Airbnb thing is legit. Like, I love it. So we bought an Airbnb in Big Bear, right? And and it's really cool because I think what I've what I've learned is like every business there's like a learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. Like For sure. you're having to figure things out. Like give me a rental, I there's know how steps. to do it. It's yeah, yeah. I, I got it. It's pretty easy. We pre-screen a background check, credit check, like make sure they're legit, you know, get a good gut feeling. Everything else checks off. Like let's rent it to them. Right. Airbnb, it's like, how do we even do this? You know, it's just a <laughs> right. different. It's foreign. Yeah, it's it's foreign. Yeah. But it, what's really cool, what I can teach you about Airbnb, or at least the li- listeners, right? The Airbnb is find out where what your niche is, right? So is it Big Bear? Is it San Diego? Is it Palm Springs, right? Like, you know Palm Springs. I don't. Is it Palm right. Springs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Palm Desert, yeah. Palm Desert, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, you would know, like, what the areas are at mm-hmm. and, like, where to get one because you, you grew up there or you've been there, right? Sure. With, with Big Bear, I just knew that I love snowboarding, and I'm like, I'd want to have an Airbnb where I like to vacation. Right. And so we got an A-frame there, uh, which A-frames are very highly sought after. Right. It's a very trendy, a hip, hipster the thing. Place looks sick, by the way. Yeah, thanks, yeah. dude. Right? Yeah. And it's like, we just thought it was cool. Like, I was like, oh, I want an A-frame, not knowing that it was very sought after. Right. So um, 
Airbnb has its own little like tab for A-frame. So mm-hmm. if you click A-frames, it'll show you all the A-frames. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I didn't even realize that. We just got it because I thought it was cool. But right. people actually seek to stay at A-frames, which is pretty interesting. So was your plan when you went into that? Did you like comp it out like what other A-frames were selling for? Or were you like, this is where I want to vacation. And if we can put it on Airbnb, if we can make some money yeah. from it, yeah. like let's do it. So we were, we. were I knew I wanted an A-frame. Right. And I knew I wanted to Airbnb it. Right. Um, not really doing any of the comps. It was more of just like, I want an A-frame. Right. Like aesthetically, it just looks cool. And I was sure. like, I want an A-frame. And then I had, you know, on Pinterest, I had seen a black A-frame and I was like, and I actually had like printed it out, put it on my vision board. And I was like, I'm going to get a black A-frame, you know? Right. And so I've been, and, and you know, that market in 2020 was a lot crazier, right? Mm-hmm. Like things were flying off, yep. like hundred thousand over asking. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I'm not paying a hundred thousand over asking. Like, this is insane. Right? right. Like I'm an investor, like trying to get a deal, not trying to <laughs> of like course. overpay. Yeah. And so sure enough, like A-frame comes on the market, it falls out in like October and I'm like, what like this thing's on the market for like an hour how is it still on so right. i call the agent and i'm like look man I, I want this like you write it up like like i want to offer this it's like no i'm like come on you know you're like you're you're gonna represent me just right. write the deal and give me a deal you know and i didn't he, he was able to give me a, a, a somewhat of a discount and uh if you're a licensed real estate agent you're able to get a referral fee out of right it. so it was cool paid for a little bit of my closing costs and so we got the a-frame went up there and um, we just started renovating it. And what was really cool because of the shortage of COVID, like there was a shortage of material. Oh, there yeah. was a shortage of furniture. Yep. Like, like everything. There, everything. <laughs> yeah. There was, I couldn't got, I couldn't even order wood. I right. couldn't order faucets. So we had to piece a lot of the stuff. Like we were looking on like Facebook Marketplace for a couch. We were looking on Craigslist. We were looking on like, uh, you know, Wayfair. Like we were trying to piece this A-frame together because we're like, we want we to just, get this up and We running. want it now. Right. We don't want to wait six months for a couch. Yep. And so we put that all in together, um, and it was pretty cool. So I, I would say that the number one thing I would share with you is if you're going to do investing on Airbnb space, make sure – if you're not going to run it yourself, right. get yourself a super host. Right. Okay, and so what a super host is – not sure if you know what a super host is, but what's really cool about what the super host is, it's that um, – Someone that has already been vetted out, who's got the reviews and the experience. And if they got good reviews and they got a good experience, they become a super host. And so mm-hmm. what happens is Airbnb will push their uh, their listings, the algorithm, they'll push the listings to the top, right? So it's not based on like property specific. It's just based on being that host. Yeah. So it's almost like being a super property manager in a sense, but for Airbnb. Yeah. So that's legit. Yeah, yeah, right. It's kind of like Yelp. Like it always pushes the the top you, right. you know, reviews. The people who pay for it. Yeah, people are paying for <laughs> yeah, it too. Right, right, right. But it's also who's got the most reviews. They're going to get pushed to the top. Right. And so Superhost, they've got the good reviews. They got the good experience. So Airbnb will push their listings to the top. That's awesome. So when I first started, I did. I, I got connected with the property manager that wasn't a Superhost. Oh. So our like things weren't getting pushed. We weren't getting booked. Right. We're getting bad reviews, and like the the property manager was like, "Oh yeah, it's just these." crazy LA people and you're like no like we don't want to have bad reviews we want to have a good experience and it was just a bad property manager gosh how long did you until you fixed that so we did that that lasted about two three months that was like the learning curve of like all right we should probably done a better job done a little bit more research and so I share this because if I could save somebody that headache yeah that's huge right and so what's cool about a super host is 
you become a co-host. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that if for one day, you know, things don't work out with that property manager, you still get to keep your profile, uh-huh. right? So all the reviews that you built up, you know, you still get to keep that. You get to keep that page. That's awesome. Where if you're not a, a host on your mm-hmm. page, you know, and the things don't work out, now you want to take ownership. Now you have to start you your start profile over all over again. again. Yeah. Oh, with sucks. zero reviews, zero, like people have stayed there. And so people will go off reviews. Like, what are people saying? How? Right. Wh- what do they enjoy about your place? That's cool. Yeah. What um What financing did you guys get? Do you go conventional or did you go pay cash? Yeah. So on that place, we paid. Uh, we did conventional, twenty percent down. What um, was the purchase price? The purchase price we paid four twenty nine for it. Okay. And uh, you know, I think all all in, we're in at like twenty three hundred. Okay. You know, twenty three hundred a month. Which right. Is, which is crazy. Twenty twenty one rates were amazing yeah the yeah. rates were still low i think yeah. they got it like four percent and uh it's been great because those airbnbs man it's like what's cool about the airbnb space is every market's different but what i learned about big bear is that you make 60 percent of your money during the winter time mm-hmm. so right now like we're booked out till february oh, i think even awesome. february is like halfway booked you know and it's like i'm talking booked out right. and and it's crazy because you can get a premium for like holidays so for Christmas, we're getting $800 a night, Dude, you know, crazy. New Year's $800 a night. Like, so we're getting a premium. Right. And if there's snow, as soon as snow hits up in Big Bear, like You're we're filled booked. up instantly. Yeah, yeah. I got friends like, hey, I think I want to book it in January. I'm like, dude, like, we're booked. <laughs> I, Sorry, I, bud. <laughs> I can't even stay at our own Airbnb, yeah, which crazy. is pretty, pretty great. Cause like last year we stayed there for Christmas, had our first white Christmas. And it was great. But this year we can't even, we didn't even, we're able to stay at it cause somebody booked it before us. Right. I just forgot to block it off. That's nuts. Do you mind sharing like what what you guys cash flowed? Yeah, not at all. So what's really cool about the Airbnb, we'll probably make anywhere from like eighty five to ninety ninety five thousand after this expenses. Year. No, no, no. That's okay. all. Gotcha. Right, cool. and then so that that's what we'll make. We haven't. Um, so twenty four thousand is basically your mortgage per year, yeah. right? And then yep. expenses, maybe another ten to fifteen. Ten, ten to fifteen for house cleaner. House okay. cleaner is the one that makes she makes pretty good money because she's out crazy. there, man. She's cleaning it every three <laughs> days, every weekend. Like so, she's making some good money, you know. I mean, and imagine having like fifteen or twenty of those yeah. things. Yeah, dude, she, she she makes good money. And so the crazy part about that is, I tell people, I'm like, I am I make no profit off the cleaning right. fee, you know. So there's some property managers or. Airbnb people that will like charge a hundred bucks and they'll charge them 150. So they'll make a $50 profit. Gotcha. You know, I, I just want to keep her happy and keep her clean and get this place clean. Well, that's awesome. We though. have, it's ours is uh dog friendly. And mm-hmm. so that's very sought after t- as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's great. She goes in there and she's like vacuuming. Like we go there and I'm like, we have no hair there. So it's pretty cool. Can you guys do a rapid depreciation on an Airbnb like you can with traditional rentals? Did yeah. you guys do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so cool. you definitely can. I haven't done it yet. My, it's funny that you mentioned that. My tax account said, okay, we got to do it this year. Right. So that's one thing. That's great, that, though. Yeah. So it's basically tax-free money, all your gains. Well, and what's really cool about the Airbnb space is like once you figure out your system, mm-hmm. it's like now it's like how do we get more, right? Right. And so now that's where I've been looking at like, I need to get two more, two, three other more because and you're hunting right now, right? Yeah, we're yeah. literally hunting yeah. right, right now for for another one, you know. And I've placed offers. I've just gotten being out, right? You know? And I'm like, all right, you know. And it's funny because we're in the recession. The market's still hot out there. Like I heard, I'm still competing against three to six other offers. And I'm like, this is wild. Like, where is all these people having this money from? You know. But dude, that's great. Once you have that system in place, I feel like you can just continuing to to copy the same process that you had before over and over and over again. And then consistently, like, dude, if you can bring an extra, you know, 40, 60, right. Then all of a sudden you're, you're basically covering your entire expenses per year just with your Airbnbs. And what I love about that is, is 
there is a system, right? And I think that I, I, I want to share that with like the listeners yeah. because some people think like, oh, I'm going to get an Airbnb and make bank. Like it's, it's, it's not that simple in the sense that like, it's got to look good. Right. Right. Like my, my wife's got a good eye for design. And so mm-hmm. she went in there, made it kind of trendy and modern. It looks cool. Like people want to stay at a place that's Instagram worthy, right? Like sure. they, or they can take a cute little selfie with their friends mm-hmm. and they can post it online. Like right. we had this backup, or what do they call this? Like this uh, neon sign. It says it yep. was all a dream. Yep. So people take pictures there and it's like this little photo op. Like there's little photo ops within the Airbnb space in our space yep. that people can take a cool little cute picture and they can upload it to their Instagram. It's big in Palm Springs and like Arizona and yeah. Nashville. They do like those those the walls, themes. the theme walls, walls and yeah. all that different stuff to where people take selfies and like tag their specific mm-hmm. like Airbnb yep. listing on Instagram yep. and like pushes it out. And then people like want to go to those yeah. places because they see how cool it looks. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. funny. Like we live in a world where people just want a cute Instagram picture. You know what I mean? Like that's. Whatever. I don't know about you and I, but maybe our significant Dude, others. Our, you know, yeah, yeah, our significant <laughs> others. Like, babe, take a picture. You know, like, all right, let's take the picture. Is this a good angle? Yeah. <laughs> so it's. I would say that. It, I would say that the biggest thing, if anyone's looking to invest in the Airbnb space, is make sure you get a super host. Make sure you spend some some time, or, or you know, hire somebody to design your space inside. If you're not talented. With, with, you know, putting the furniture together, the the theme, um, and then also find out like what that, what people are looking after, you mm-hmm. know, or, or, or for example, like Palm, I'm, Palm Springs, it's got to be modern, right? Mid-century for modern. Sure. If yeah. you're not going to get a, a brand new house out there, it's probably not, people are not. Some of them, it just depends on the area because there's yeah. so many different, like out, Palm Springs is kind of that different animal because you get snowbirds, people from Washington oh, and yeah, Canada yeah. and all that stuff that goes out I w- there. I would think looks, looking outside in, like, if I'm going out there, I'd want to stay at a sick mid-century modern yeah. home. You know, I wouldn't want to stay at a regular track home. Yeah. Like, I could stay there here. Anytime. Anytime. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think out there, it's, you know, the A-frames, the Cambrel roofs are, are big. Um, you know, the hot tubs yep. is a must if you're going to go. Oh, you have to have a pool there, yeah. right? In, yeah. In Palm Springs. But yeah. for you guys, like having a hot tub, I remember when we were going out to Big Bear, it was yeah. like, after snowboarding, I want to go sit in a hot tub and have Money. a few drinks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Our property manager, he's like, so we pay him um, 20%. Mm-hmm. And he says, by having a hot tub, and he's, he's got all the stats, he's like, we'll, we'll easily make you an extra 30 grand a year mm-hmm. from having a hot tub. It's crazy. It's insane. It's like a $5,000 investment. Right. That's like, that's, I'll pay, for, I'll pay for a hot tub all day long. Dude, that's, yeah. Make why an extra not? 25 grand a year. You know what I mean? 30 totally. grand. So, yeah, I, I like the Airbnb space. It's a, it's a fun thing. And, uh, I definitely want to invest more into like the Airbnb space. I'd love to have one in San Diego, uh, few in San Diego, more. You know what I mean? Like just not stop. But like I really like Big Bear. Big yeah. Bear's cool. You know, it's a fun destination, and it's it's people, not too expensive either. No, like you buy right. a, a property for four hundred thousand, right. five hundred thousand. Like that's relatively low of what you're going to be spending. In San Diego, San Diego, you're going to be spending a million, you know, an right. 800 or a million to get well, I something. Mean, San Diego, I feel like you have to kind of have like one of those like coastal properties. Yeah. And maybe that's a limiting belief on me, like thinking yeah. that you have to have something coastal or like on the beach. But like if I was to look like if I was to live out of area and come to San Diego, I'd want to be near the water. A pool. Right. You have to have a pool. Or a pool. Yeah. 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 I was talking to somebody else who who uh, who invest and has Airbnbs out here. And he says, like, as long as you have a pool, you're going to be OK. Right. Like that's crazy because even like uh, like Vista like they're sought after. I'm like, what? Like who wants to stay in Vista? But there's Legoland. I looked up Airbnb stuff yeah. and because uh, the property that I have in escrow right now in Carlsbad, in my head I was looking at multiple exit strategies and I was like calling um, I was calling a vacation rental guy and I was like, how much can I rent this place out for? And it's 
you know, just under a $2 million price point. Mm -hmm. So I was like, am I going to be able to break even on this? Am I going to be able to cash flow? Yeah. Dude, surprisingly, even with pure ocean views and all of that, like it would make $130,000 a year, which I wouldn't even cover like the entire mortgage, which I was surprised. Yeah. So a lot of these people, like I feel like they bought these homes or they were, they were primary residences and then they bought second homes and then decided to like rent them out versus yeah. like just going out and looking for an Airbnb. Cause I think it's tough. It would be a little tougher, I think to cash flow here. Oh, hundred percent. You know, and, and I don't know the the numbers out here. I haven't right. done the research, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. If you have a $2 million property, right. you, you, you gotta be making totally. And this was the numbers on this specific deal. Yeah. So I'm sure it could vary on other stuff. But, oh yeah. yeah. You got to find that sweet, that sweet spot. Right? right. And it's also bedrooms, right? So it's like, if you can get that same amount, 130 and you're spending 800,000, right. It's like, okay, let's no go. Brainer. It's a no brainer. Right. right? It's like, For let's sure. go get the house. That's 800,000. Right. That has a five bedrooms and it has the pool. Yep. And it makes and, more sense. And it makes more sense. And right? I think the travel nursing stuff and like all those types yeah. of avenues too, like you wouldn't expect people to come in like, you know, Airbnb, like a normal residential house. Yeah. But I think it, it happens more often than I think it does. You know, And it's funny that you mentioned that. I think a lot of it too is just like my friend just got her first Airbnb in Fallbrook. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to do a, a Airbnb in Fallbrook. I'm like, Fallbrook, like that's what? Random. Like yeah. that's random. Why? Like, and I was like, not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer right. with my friend. I'm like, hey, I don't know if it's gonna run out. Just saying, like maybe do some research. Right. You know, like you obviously I care for this friend, so I'm looking out for her. Right. And uh, she's booked. She's booked like three, four months. Oh, and my. I'm like, what? And it's like a studio, but because there's a lot of weddings in Fallbrook, there's a lot of weddings. So hmm. where are people gonna stay when they go to Fallbrook? You know, right. I the, think the, maybe it's just a limiting there's, belief. Like, there's no hotels. Right. You know, so now they're going to want to stay at an Airbnb. This thing is super cute, totally. modern, trendy. They're going to stay there. And right. she is bugged and making stupid money. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, Albert. I mean, for, for you and I, it's like we we go we, we go to travel. We're going to travel yeah. outside, right? Like yeah. Big Bear. I go to Mexico a lot. You go to yeah. Mexico a lot. So you're, Mexico, you're looking at yeah. those places like that you would go and travel to yeah. and not thinking, okay, like a normal house in, in Fallbrook can rent and maybe cash flow. Like, would you expect that? I wouldn't. But yeah. that's great. Like, yeah. Those stories like that are inspiring. So it's it's interesting finding out like what every city has to offer, right? Fallbrook is weddings. Right. You know, weddings, you got the wineries, wineries. up in Temecula. Right. So it's like people need a place to stay. Totally. You know, and so that's like, and that's pretty cool because I, I was talking to her and I was looking also on Airbnb and I'm like, there's not a whole lot of Airbnb. So that might be like an untapped market. Hmm. That's a freebie for somebody out there, yeah. you know. Go, go. Pick up some places in Fallbrook. Yeah, hit yeah. me up. I'll help you uh, buy it. <laughs> there you go. Um, so let's talk about your flip. Last year, well, flips, but yeah. last year you did your first one solo. Yeah. Right? I want to hear about those experiences because I know what I've like gone through with mine. I think we've done like 16 in the last two and a half okay. years. So Dang. it's like hearing your story and just jumping right into it without like, because I know you partnered with other people before and you found some deals, Yeah. but I still feel like even now, like it's nerve wracking to do your own and fund it. Oh and yeah, I think your dude. story is interesting too because of your financing. So we'll touch on that too. Yeah, for sure. So, um, one of the things about so the first one that I got last year was it was actually a client of mine. He we put it on the market. It, it was just a fixer, you know, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. And we kept it kept falling out of escrow because it was just unexperienced right. buyers that were like, "I want to buy it." Yeah. And they were going over asking, and they find they get it into escrow, and then they're like, "Oh, like we we want to get less and." So it fell out of like twice, two or three times. And then finally I went over, I had mentioned it previously. I'm like, hey, I'd love to buy this. Mm -hmm. He said, no, I want to put it on the market. Respect it. Let's do it. Let's put it on the market. Mm -hmm. And so finally, I think by the second or third attempt, I said, hey, like I'm willing to buy it. 
as is, you know, no commissions right. if we can make this happen. And so he agreed, you know, and we are able to get it under contract. What did we get it for? Oh man, I forget the numbers. Uh, I think I bought it for like four sixty. Okay. S- where, what area? Because it was in San Diego. This like was in Paradise. Paradise. Okay, Paradise. Cool. Yeah. So I think we bought it. Ended up buying it for four sixty and uh, nice house, you know. And so we ended up getting it clean house. I mean, it just it was cosmetically mm-hmm. needed a lot of a lot of work, and okay. so I ended up buying that with twenty percent down conventional financing. Right. You know, I knew there's hard money lenders and mm-hmm. all that space, and and uh, I was like, you know what? I just I know conventional financing. Let's buy it. Right. And so we ended up buying that property, and it was really cute, like hacienda style, like mm-hmm. Spanish. And so, uh, you know, on this one, my wife was supposed to help me because mm-hmm. she's got more of the interior design eye. You know, she's just. It's just you know she's just better right with picking out pieces yeah. and we just had our I think at our second child at that time and she wasn't able she was just like dude I'm in the middle of it like yeah. I cannot go You're pick stuck. out <laughs> it's anything. all on you so it was all on me yeah. it actually turned out pretty good I had like you know toot my own horn dude you know but it was a lot you know what it was it was Pinterest you know it was like literally Looking like at- finding like homes that were like similar I'm like oh that's cute like that's modern that's nice like let's let's do that you know and did you have to go through different contractors or did you meet with one contractor got so one quote? yeah so the way I did this one um is I know construction to, mm-hmm. to some sense right and I was like trying to be like the the contractor I'm like I'm gonna sub it all out so I was kind of like the I got the window guy I got the flooring guy I got the painter I got like the landscaper and it was great. I think it's it's good if you can do that. I probably wouldn't recommend it. I probably would just go. You have a full time job. Yeah, I have and a full time, and job. that that would take over your life. For oh, sure. and I did it that yeah. way, right? Yeah. And it was just awful. It was like in Paradise Hills. It's like a forty five minute drive there, forty five minute going drive there multiple back. times a week. Like it was just like, dude, it was awful, right? And it was it was great because it was a great profit, but it, at the same time, it was just like, dude, it was just. It, it, if you have the time and the resources to do that, do it. Right. If not, hire a contractor. Even if I'm gonna, you know, pay an extra twenty grand, it's worth like just the headache, right? And I'm over here doing all that to save like twenty grand or whatever the number was, right? Right? And so, yeah, I think it, I think it's good. I think it's also good to do it that way because you learn, like, you experience how, how, what you the experience process, what yeah. the process is like. Like, how much does a windows cost? How much is flooring really gonna cost me? How much is painting really gonna cost me? Right? So I think it was a good experience to do it. And I've been out of the game for a minute, so I. I, I did it that way. And then, um, so we, yeah, we ended up doing that house. We ended up knocking out some walls and, and doing it all. And it turned out really good. We ended up selling it. I think we ended up selling it for like six seventy five or something. So I forget the exact number. And um, what did you guys put into it? We probably, I think we on that one, we put like 50 or 60 into it. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah, it was great. It was made like 75 ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a good one. Uh, it was just, it was great to be like, okay, like let's do more of these. Right. Right. Like we can do more of these. And I, I think, I think the biggest thing about flipping, or at least in my experience, I feel like flipping in a sense is easy, right? Like, like picking out the, the, fir- the finishes and all that stuff is easy. Like, if you don't know how to do it, you can have somebody. I think the hardest part is finding the deal just that, that makes the that makes sense. Yeah, it's like because I have all people, a bunch of people are like, I want to flip, and you're like, dude, like me too, like let's flip. But I'm like, we got to find houses that actually make you money. Totally. Right? I think the biggest thing. It's funny too because now I get approached all the time with yeah. people who are like, how do I get involved? How do I uh, invest with you? Or how yeah. do I give you money? Or, or or stuff like that. And I'm like, it's not the money, like. 
It's yeah. not the it's not the financing that I need. Like you yeah. find a deal, the money comes regardless of, yeah, we'll of where it, it is. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But yeah, being a deal finder, I think is the number one thing for anyone. Like if they're getting started in, in real estate investing, like yeah. with flips or rentals, like yeah. finding the deals is the most important thing. If you can get good at doing that and like running numbers, like you will automatically be successful because you'll be able to find an investor who are willing to either partner with you or help you or guide you through or someone maybe give you if you have no money give you an equity partnership which yeah. is what how i started yeah. originally yeah so no you're spot on man I, and i get you're it's funny because i get that ass like let's flip house i'm like dude flipping's easy it's like we got to find the deals right because right. it's like i don't know about you but it's like you know you have to have certain margins right mm -hmm. you you're gonna want to make and it's like some people i remember when i first when i was first working with these investors you know they're like it was a different market, right? Mm -hmm. But if you were making 30 off a of flip, that was great. That was cool. But now so it's cool, like, so that, crazy. It, it, and now that doesn't make sense. No. After you're paying taxes and what ifs, you know, right. you don't know what happens. Like it's risky business. Well, now going into 2023, yeah. the market shifting, right? We're not yeah. necessarily in a solid uptrend anymore. So yeah. like, you know, penciling out 20 or 30 and maybe making 40, 50, 60, yeah. right? That was fine. But yeah. like in a downtrend, it's like you you have to buy lean and mean, right? Yeah. You have to like be a little bit more cautious going into these deals. Yeah. Maybe not buying stuff that's on like a main road anymore or like yeah. busy streets. You know, you have to be a little bit more cautious going into that. But Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And the, the last property that I just bought, we ended up getting it for um, 510. Mm -hmm. And originally when I had approached the guy, it was like 600. And as the market cut down, I was like, like, I'm not trying to lowball you here, but I'm like, the market's going down. Like there's a lot of uncertainty. Like right. I can buy this for five ten. Right. And I'm like, no, no big deal if you don't want to do it. Like we can put it on the market and, and sell it. And he's like, no, we'll do five ten. You know, I'm like, sweet. And it wasn't. I was just like, also I can sleep better at night because, dude, you know, like I I don't know if I'm gonna make what I'm trying to make. You, you know? don't want you. I mean, I would rather walk away from a deal than buy a deal that I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night. Yeah. Right. Especially like with the market time now, maybe a little bit longer than normal yeah. construction times and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I remember you telling me that with your, we're at Nate's office, I think Yeah, you were telling me, you were like, dude, I think I got to go in for a price reduction. I was like, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like, you told me, do it. I was it. like, I'm like going to ask him for like another $50,000. And you're like, dude, if no you're not, way. if you're not comfortable, yeah. just, you got to ask. I and, had to. And at the end of the day, they can always say no or meet you in the middle somewhere. And you're like, okay, is that still, yeah. is that yeah. like in my comfort threshold? Dude, it, it was one of those things where it's like, Hey, I, I'm not trying, like, if you don't want to do it, it's okay. You right. know, I had no, I wasn't so tied or married to that deal. I you just can't wanted, be. I just wanted to sleep all night. And so we ended up getting after for five ten, uh, ARV is like six or six ninety nine, seven hundred, right? So right now that's being conservative. Um, I think really maybe seven twenty five, seven thirty, but I'm not pushing. Like I know, like hey, what's my what is like what's right. it really gonna move at? Right. Yeah. If you're right. at seven twenty five, may as well list it at six ninety nine and see what happens. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. As right. long as you can, because we just listed our house. We have one in Spring Valley. We ended up buying it for three seventy five. Dude, that's put, crazy. Yeah. 375. Yeah, I've never dude. heard like you haven't heard of that number. Dude, in, I was in such a long time. I was in Cabo and what? I got the call. The first buyer backed out. They were at 400. They were at 400. The second buyer didn't answer their phone. We were the lowest offer. And this was like, I want to say this was in October. Yeah. So the lady calls me. I'm literally drinking a margarita in Cabo. And she's like, hey, we'll accept your offer at 375. Will you come in? And I was like, Yes. Yeah. I'm like, send me over the DocuSign. I'll sign it right now. Yeah. We got into escrow that day. We closed like two weeks later. We ended up needing a, a quick credit because they were supposed to clean out the house. They never did. So 
It, I think it was like 375 exactly. We were a little bit over that in our offer. And um, dude, it's like, what? but those opportunities are out there. Yeah. You know, we ended up putting it on the market uh, at, what was it? $5.99. And I think we're in escrow at $6.29. Let's go. So you still got over asking. Yeah, dude. And we had 15 offers. No. But dude, I don't know if it was like right when rates dropped, because it was right around that time, like three or four weeks ago, we got a little 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 nudge with with rates. And so I think, you know, we we got that little push up, which was great. Um yeah. And the beautiful part about that is like that entry level pricing. It's like it's they're still sought after. Yeah. Like they're they're still gonna move, you know. And I think we talked about that. Like I, I'd love to do the higher end flips, right? Me too. But dude, that's 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 some risky. You gotta have some serious balls. I yeah, think. man. Yeah, we were talking right about now. that guy in La Jolla yeah. who's dude. that's that's insane. Like I like these small ones because it's like I know we can turn and burn. Yeah. We do a good job, we do deliver a nice product, and yep. someone's gonna wanna buy it. You know, a starter family that's saying, Hey, I don't have the money to fix it up, but I want something that's turnkey. Right. Boom, here's a beautiful house for you. Yeah, especially for like people starting out. But like yeah. my focus is staying under that that 800,000 right yeah. now. I mean, like I don't really want the only reason why I'm in escrow on this one is because maybe and this is one thing that I was going to touch on that you said, uh, maybe I'm a little emotionally connected to it, which oh. is never good with real estate investing. Yeah. But I love this area. It's where like my mom went to school. My mom went to school at Carlsbad High. My okay. aunts, my uncles, my grandma lives down the street. This is a street where like anyone who knows like old Carlsbad, like yeah. would want to live on the street. And wow. so if worst case, like I'd pr- try to keep it yeah. if I could, but I also don't want a $14,000 a month mortgage. Sounds so. like, sounds like you might found your new house, man. Sounds I don't like know. you're trying to, I don't know. <laughs> we probably have to sell. I probably have to sell my, I probably want to sell my house. Yeah. Um, if we did it, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, yeah never be emotionally connected because <laughs> yeah, no. that, that, that can screw you. hundred so. percent. Right. And that's, that's, that's just it. Well, and that's a beautiful part about, that's what I love about, real estate and like what you said there's like multiple exit strategies right mm-hmm. it's like can we airbnb it mm-hmm. can we do a burr mm-hmm. you know can we like can we do a short term you know like w- what else can we do with this property right like or even buy and hold for like three years yep. see where the market's going to be so you know that's that's why i like and i feel like it's a lot more safe mm-hmm. because i know even like the property i just bought in san diego i'm like all right let's finish it up once it's all done i'm gonna rerun numbers again right what does it look like if I were to Airbnb it? Right. Can I burr this and just keep it as a rental? Mm-hmm. Like that would be good too. And then go buy another, yep. buy another property. Right. Um, do you follow Thatch on Instagram? Yes. Did I don't follow, follow him on Instagram, but I do see his like YouTube shorts like pop up and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's an interesting personality, but it's, it, it's, <laughs> it. it's cool to watch. Dude, he's, he's a character. You should, you know, for people that don't follow him, follow him on Instagram. And uh, one thing I like about him and that's, I'm trying to follow his model right now is like, Get to 10 doors, mm-hmm. get to 10 doors. And once you get to 10 doors then work on paying them all off, mm-hmm. right? So then work on your primary, right. pay that off. Then second, third, fourth, and then be like, all right, now let's get 10 more and re- do the process over again. Right. You know? And so that's kind of something that I've been kind of thinking about. Like, all right, I, I like that model of just like paying them off, you know? So we're at eight doors, mm-hmm. get two more, and then let's go to paying them off. See, it sounds... I uh, I have a hard time with the whole paying it off thing because I love the fact I feel like you're you're the guy that likes to pay cash for a lot of things like your your Porsche right you pay yeah. you didn't finance it, um, but I like I love leverage because I feel like like with my house I don't over I owe less than fifty percent of my house but yeah. my rate's two point seven five oh hundred percent you know what I mean yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like if I decided to rent that place out I'd cash flow probably a thousand thousand to twelve hundred dollars yeah. a month. Um, if not even more than that, and someone else can pay off that mortgage, right? Yeah. And I can move on to the next property. I can always get a home equity line of credit, right? Yeah. And I can go and leverage that. 
and use hard money and go yeah. and buy a deal that may make sense for a flip, right? But I decide to keep it, refinance, still pull all my cash out, put it back into my HELOC yeah. and keep repeating that process over again. Yeah. So it's interesting because the power of leverage and debt, like if you use it the right way, 100%. it could be huge to like catapulting you into crazy, crazy net worth really fast. Oh, dude, I agree. Right. Like there's, yeah, there's some interest rates that you're like, I'm never getting rid of no. this. Like why? Why would you I know, ever why? sell my house at 2.75 and why would I ever refi yeah. at this point? Or even car loans. You know what I mean? I know on my truck, I had like 1.9, you know, oh, and like, it was literally the life of the loan. I was going to pay like 500 bucks in interest. I'm like never paying this thing off. Like, yeah, why? You know, I literally just was like, yeah, 3,400 bucks every month. Like, yep. Why am I going to pay this off? So you're right. Like there's certain things that you, you just have to know the power of like, how can I leverage this? Exactly. And like, I'd rather have that extra 30, 40,000 in the bank and buy another piece of real estate or invest somewhere else. Totally. Yeah. Right. It's interesting because HELOCs too, majority of the time, I don't even use my own cash for all of our deals. Uh-huh. Like I use my HELOC because the interest is a write-off yeah. and I've had been able to leverage the last two years to get 0% interest for like six months. Dude, that's crazy. So share a little bit more about that because I've never done a HELOC. Yeah. So the HELOC that I got, my limit was like 250 or whatever it was, but you know, I'm able to do probably three deals with that at a time. And then I keep my cash in the bank so I can pay it off. Like if I lost money, I'd be fine. I can pay it off at any time, yeah. but why not use someone else's money? Yeah. Right. I can write off my interest if the interest does get, I think my interest rate's 5% now. Still great. Um, but with my tax person, I can write off the HELOC interest for any real estate or stock purchases. Wow. So I can take that. I can take that leveraged money and go and buy it and maybe make two payments, right, on on the borrowed money. And then I get it back with no money out of my out of my normal account yeah. and continue to use, you know, keep that in there for my daily life. But if I was to ever get in trouble, I can always pay it off, right? Yeah. Like I don't look at a HELOC like if you don't have that money in the bank, don't mess with a HELOC yeah. to go and leverage, especially going into 2023. Yeah. yeah you know, like, and especially if you've never done it, right? If you've yeah. never done it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's but, risky business. And that's what I was going to touch on too with your, with your financing, going conventional on a flip, yeah. which is so interesting because we are, um, our hard money, right? We get 90% of ARV. Oh, dude. And so, so I, co- I contacted that guy. Well, or we the, use someone different. Oh, you use someone different? Yeah. We okay. use someone different. Um, I can get you in touch with them now, but it's, 90% of ARV and they'll loan all the construction costs. So we're only coming out of pocket with 10%. So like, let's say like yeah. for your example, right? Your total loan amount would have been 550 or whatever it is. You're only coming out 10% versus what you came out of pocket no, with. I so know. your ROI would be far greater, even though you're paying a 10% annual rate or 11%, but you got to remember it's a, it's a 90 day turnaround, right? Yeah. 120 day turnaround. Yeah. So your 10% is really like your lending costs are going to be minimal. Minimal. Yeah. No, I talked to that person, your new person, and it was like they needed you to have five under your belt in the, in the last recent 12 months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, all right, more motivation to get these flips knocked out so right. I can leverage that. Right. Yeah. Like you need to have that experience. Right. They're not just going to like let you borrow 90 percent if you've never done a flip. They're going to be like, well, do you really know the game? Do you really know how to do this? Yeah. Right? True. True. So that's what's really cool about the power of the more you do, the more leverage, credibility you get that you can borrow. Right. 80% on that. I was actually going to ask you, did do you feel like you're because getting a like getting a car loan, for example, kind of messes yeah. up your credit when you first get it and then it bounces back afterwards. Do you feel like when you have gone conventional and then paid those loans off like really quickly, do you think that did it ding your credit at all? Great question. I've always, I've always I wondered that. Um, I don't think so. I don't I, actually I don't know. My okay. credit's pretty good. You know, it's you know, it's interesting enough. My wife's credit's better and I'm always the one taking on the more debt, you know, but 
no, my credit's decent. You know what I mean? Like it's not at 800 yet. We're getting close to that, you know, but no, I don't, I don't think it's ever dinged it. I think it dings it when you obviously get a pull, a hard pull from a, you know, right in the beginning. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, cause it's like early payoffs. I don't know. Like, that's why I was, I was curious. Yeah. You should look next time yeah. when you close on that's this new question. one, yeah. I'd be curious to see if that messes you. Cause there's no like earlier prepayment penalties normally with mortgages, no. but because you've paid it off so quick, like, does it? help you oh, or does like it hurt you your history yeah Got it. yeah good question i have no idea I yeah look i didn't know either that's why i was hmm. curious i always wanted to ask you that yeah so no i, I, that's I saved good. it for this <laughs> no i've been i've been waiting for uh, to get those five so i can start leveraging that lender you know there you go yeah good, so. awesome man well what's your prediction for 2023 in the real estate market so it's interesting right i think what we're noticing is we still have a shortage of inventory mm-hmm. right we still have like two months worth of inventory here in san diego market and the san diego county and so I think it's a supply and demand. Mm -hmm. You know, I think coming into the first quarter, I think we're going to see rates kind of go down a little bit. I think they're still going to be in the fives. Um, This is just kind of talking to some of the smarter people that I know, you know, talking to different lenders, Mm -hmm. different people that study the economy, economists, and, and, you know, just kind of looking also inside the real estate market. I predict that we're going to have rates will kind of drop down a little bit. And, but I don't think that we're going to see a much uh, reduction in price anymore. I mm-hmm. feel like it's just, you know, I think consumers are going to be like, why are prices not going down anymore? Supply and demand. There's still not enough houses. Right. And you touched on something that was very good was people have interest rates that are locked under 3%, you know, 2.75, 3%. They're like, I am not selling this house They're, I have. I talked to some clients are like, I hate my house. I don't even really like it. I just bought it because I wanted to buy something, you know, sure. It, it does. It's, it's purpose, right? Shelter or whatever. But I don't want to like sell this house and go buy another house and get a six, 7% interest rate. And so there's a lot of people that are just kind of being like pulling from putting their houses on the market. And I think because of that, I still think prices will just kind of hold steadily. I feel like we've already seen the price reduction here in the San Diego market. Like I think right off the bat, like you can say every house is worth a hundred thousand dollars less, right? Safe to say. Sure. I don't think we're going to see anything coming past that. Right. I could be wrong here. You yeah, know? I mean, but it's all it's all predictions, right? Predictions, it's, all, yeah. it's all opinion and just kind of yeah. play, it, play it smart. I, I think the only thing that would really add to like prices dropping like really dramatically would be if unemployment like skyrockets, like yeah. job loss stuff. But we have so many jobs in San Diego, like at least in our specific market, that it would be tough to see that. But I know like in other areas like yeah. Palm Springs and stuff like, dude, they're getting hit a lot harder than yeah. we are. So. Well, and, and, and San Diego, it's its own economy, right? right like right. we have Camp Pendleton, we yep. have Miramar, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just, we have a lot of companies like Apple coming down here. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of just jobs here in San Diego and then we're landlocked. Like right. we have the ocean, yep. even forest, we got Mexico, like yep. we don't got more land. I wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't want to like go anywhere. Arizona, Texas, like Florida, Boise, Idaho, Nevada, like, right. You know, from what I've been looking and talking to some other agents that are on those areas, like those prices are going down right. and they're still going down. Yeah. Like, that might be a time where you can kind of wait it out and be like, hey, I'm going to find a good opportunity to buy in Florida. Totally. Right? I think our transaction volume is just going to be cut in half compared to what it's been. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be like for. Already is. Dude, big time. Already is. Yeah. Already yeah. is. I mean, yeah. I look at the numbers. We look at them every month. I'm Same. Like, I look oh. at my, I look at my numbers yeah. and I'm like, Jesus, I can't believe like yeah. the, the, the dramatic of a drop it was. Obviously, right now, like November, December is kind of like that seasonal time. Yeah. Even into January, normally I feel like our market picks up like right after Super Bowl. Well, so I'm we're, we were spoiled, right? Because yeah. the last two years was like there was never a nonstop. Like, yeah, we're like, what is this? You know, and it's like I'm telling my agents like 
this is normal. Mm-hmm. The market in San Diego historically will go down in the winter mm-hmm. and it'll pick up back in the in the spring, kind of tailor in the summer and then kind of pick up in the fall. Yeah. It's like it's just but some of the newer agents that got into it two years ago, they're like, what's going on? I'm getting a job back at Costco. Right. Dude, yeah. I think the metrics for prospecting, like I'm sure you follow like Tom Ferry and stuff yeah. and like the amount of contacts that people are going to have, like agents or, yeah. you know, to, to find more flips or whatever the business is. Like, I think the the touches are going to have to be so much more, probably yeah. double or triple what yeah. they've been like from industry standards at to at least hit your same goals that you had yeah. like the previous year. Yeah. But we'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah. And I think it's good. I I, I love it because I think it really separates the men from the boys, right? Yeah, for sure. Like who wants to do this full time? Yep. Who's looking to do this as a career? Mm-hmm. And then who is just doing this for a quick, easy money? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, dude, get lost, man. Like this is this yep. is a career. This is what we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, let's, let's the, hit it hard. Only the strong will survive. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, thanks for. Thanks for having us here, hosting us. Yeah, and I'm um, glad you were our first guest, dude. I th- yeah, feel like this was uh, this was great. Yeah, absolutely. You it's know, I, I love real estate, and and uh, just you know, it's 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 such a fun avenue to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, that's what I love about it. Is there's so many ways to make money in real so estate. So many different facets, for sure. Right? It's yeah. like, and it's like there's there's nothing there's not the right way or the well there is a right way, right? I think it's just finding out like what's your niche, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what I would encourage the listeners like find out your niche, like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Josh does uh, flips. That's great. But like maybe your your niche is Airbnbs or maybe your niche is ADUs. Maybe your niche is like two to four units. Maybe your niche is just like buy and hold, you know? Right. So it's like figure out what the niche is and be the master of it. Totally. 100%. Right? And then just follow the plan. I mean, there's yeah. so many people out there that are, they're, they're literally telling you their plan yeah. and how they do it. All you have to do is take those action steps to go to the next level. Yeah. And the same thing like with real estate agents. There's so yeah. many business plans out there. Like you follow those steps, you will become successful. Right. You just have to give it that time. That's right. Yeah, man. All right, bro. Love it. Thanks for having me in. Cool. And uh, have a good one, dude.